0: This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. You know, that video is just a, a great reminder, a summary of what prayer is and how important it is in our lives. And today's sermon is going to be about prayer as we wrap up the story time series. And prayer is, is, is a huge topic. We're not going to be able to cover everything that there is about prayer. Today we're going to focus mostly on this idea of, of persevering in prayer, of not losing heart, not giving up, but persisting in prayer. And the story, the parable that we're going to look at is called The Persistent Widow. And it's fitting, actually, that we're talking about prayer and that we're ending this series on Labor Day weekend because labor is all about work. It's all about effort. And prayer... Prayer is hard work, and yes, prayer is amazing when you think about the opportunity and the privilege that we have to actually speak to the all-powerful and the holy God who created the entire universe, that he actually lets us and invites us into communion with him. That should blow our minds enough as it is, or at least it should blow our minds. But prayer, while it's amazing, it is also hard work. Like, it takes effort. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes focus and to pray. Prayer is vital for believers in Jesus. This is, this is a foundational thing. It's not an optional elective for us. Rather, prayer is mandatory coursework for Christian growth. And Jesus' disciples understood how important it was to pray and how they needed to grow in it. In, in Luke chapter 11, they emphatically asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And prayer is something that we we can always be working on, always improving in. And I know for myself, like there's times, maybe you can identify with this, you get seasons where, you know, your prayer life is really good, and you're you're doing a great job, and you're really devoted to it, disciplined in it. And there's other seasons of life, well, uh, maybe not so much. And the reality is that prayer is hard, and sometimes we get discouraged, or we get uh, tempted to stop praying, or we actually do stop praying. There's a variety of reasons why we might stop praying or why we might lose heart. And, and Jesus actually told us a parable about this very concept in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles or your Bible app there. And the main point of this story, remember a parable is a story, but it's a story with a point. The main point of this story is that God's people are called to persist in prayer. To never give up. To never lose heart. So let's read together. Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, Okay, so here we got this story. We got a, a poor old widow who's persistent and, and tenacious towards this, this cruel judge who's, who's not giving her justice over her adversary at the start. Now, and then eventually the judge gets so worn down that he caves. He gives in and gives her justice. Now we don't know what justice she was seeking, and we don't really need to know that. The focus of the story is not about that. The focus is actually about prayer. But interesting just comment about a a widow. You know, we think a widow, you know, today, okay. But we need to understand the reality of a widow in first century Palestine. She would have uh, very little uh, rights. She was super low in society. Not a lot of power. Not a lot of influence. She wouldn't have a husband to go to court with her. Likely wouldn't have a lot of money or land to even think about offering maybe a bribe to a judge if she wanted to go down that avenue. Just not a lot of power. But... Because of her persistence. So because of her persistence, she continued, 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 continued to bother every day. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. She didn't quit. She ended up getting justice from the corrupt judge. And so then in verses 6 to 8, Jesus contrasts this cruel judge with God. As if to to tell us and to remind us, hey, God is nothing like this jerk judge that I'm telling you about. And God is is our loving Heavenly Father. He made us. He knows us. He cares about us. And He's deeply concerned with each one of His children, what they're going through. And He's generous towards them. He's always ready to hear us when we call to Him. And He actually wants us to call out to Him. So if this, if this cruel, wicked judge listens to this poor old world, think about how much more the loving and created God of the universe is going to listen to his people. So don't stop. Don't stop. Never stop. Keep praying. That's what Jesus is trying to say. And just another little comment. I think sometimes... Uh, we identify, or we can identify, with the widow in this story in, in, in the sense that we might say, "Oh yeah, we're we're we're, we're poor. We're not uh, influential. We're not significant. Like who are we really to come and approach?" The God of the universe, uh, let alone asking Him to do anything for us. And, and, and there, there's some sense in which that, that, that is a helpful understanding and approach for us to recognize you know, our, our place and perspective. You know, God is big and we are small. And you know, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But... But because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done through his life, his death, and his resurrection, all of those who put their faith in Jesus Christ are welcome into God's family. They become sons and daughters of God. And so that we can actually approach God with boldness and confidence. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 and 16 tells us more about this. In verse 15 he says this, For we do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So that's who he is, and that's kind of what he's done. Let us then, since we have this high priest, let us then... With confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is our high priest. He's mediating between us and the Father 24-7, making it possible for us to actually enter in and actually come to God himself, speak to him. Like that right there should stop us right in our tracks and completely overwhelm us and motivate us to pray for all eternity. It should. It should. But if we're honest, it doesn't. It doesn't. If it did, if it did truly motivate us, it's just the knowledge that we have access to God motivated us to keep on praying forever and ever, then Jesus probably wouldn't have had to mention this story in Luke 18. And he wouldn't have to tell us, hey, keep praying, don't lose heart. So why is it though? Why is it that we lose heart? Why is it that we stop praying? Maybe they're connected. Maybe we stop praying because we lose heart. Maybe we lose heart because we stop praying. But, but regardless, why? We're going to look at a few of these reasons of, of why we might stop praying, why we may be tempted to give up praying, why we may lose heart. Then we're going to talk about what we can actually do to not lose heart in order to grow in our prayer life. So what stops us from persisting in prayer? First of all, lack of faith. Lack of faith. And we don't actually believe that God hears us or that he cares about us or that he's actually going to do anything about what we're asking him to do. Or perhaps, previously we had some strong faith and, and we prayed for something, maybe a specific something, but we didn't get the answer that we were hoping for and so then we lost heart and then we stopped praying. Hebrews 11 verse 6, maybe this verse could actually sum up the, the entire parable that we're looking at. It says, without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So if we're going to come to him, if we're going to pray, we've got to actually believe that he's real, that he exists, that he is alive, and that he does actually care, that he does actually listen, and he does actually answer. But maybe we lack faith, and so that's one reason why we stop praying. Secondly, laziness. Straight up, we just get lazy. We don't want to put in the effort, we don't want to put in the work, we don't want to put in the time to pray, and so we don't we choose laziness. And I think a lot of us actually have a wrong and negative view about uh, effort and work in general, not particularly about prayer. But we just think, oh, that's one more thing. That's one more thing i got to do. And so then we think, oh, prayer is more work. So, well, you know, if, there's a, if I have to work, I'm going to choose this because that's probably greater work to do than that. So if there's one thing that's going to go because I'm choosing laziness, it's probably going to be prayer. Oswald Chambers has said that prayer does not fit us for the greater work, Prayer is the greater work. It is the greater work. It's communion with, with the God of the universe, petitioning the Lord of glory. But it is work. And so many of us, we don't do it because we like being lazy. Thirdly, uh, busy and, and, and forgetful. Like we get busy and we forget. So we're not intentionally trying to stop praying. We're not like anti-prayer or anything. But, but sometimes we just get busy. Our schedules fill up and, and we, maybe we forget about something. And maybe passion for prayer just slowly kind of fades over time. Whatever it is. And before you know it, it's been days or maybe even weeks since you've really prayed. And, and being busy has, has impacted my prayer life multiple times. And maybe it just starts like you, you, you sleep in and then you just feel rushed and behind as the day already starts. And you go about, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. I got so many things that I gotta do today. And all of a sudden you go about it and then you put your head down on your pillow at night and you realize, I haven't even really prayed about anything today. I got so busy. So I just wanna challenge you. If you're in that kind of season of busyness, maybe what's something that, that you you've forgotten to pray about, that you used to pray about. Think about one thing that you used to pray for, maybe regularly, that, that, that now you're busy, you kind of forgot. So I'm going to challenge you. Start praying for that thing, again, whatever it may be. And then, uh, fourthly, uh, there are no results, or we don't see results. So we actually try praying, but we don't see the results. Or, or you know, we don't see the results that we would like to see, we don't get what we want, or we don't get it in our timeline. So we lose heart, and we give up, and we say, what's the use? It's just taking way too long. And, and Jesus actually talked about this in, in verse 7 and 8. It says, Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. And you go, give justice speedily. He's not going to delay long. Okay, well, to be clear, it's important for understand the context of Luke 18. He's flowing right out of chapter 17, which I encourage you to read. Chapter 17 is all about um, the kingdom of God coming down to earth in fullness and, and Jesus' eventual return. And so he knew that the disciples would probably grow weary, would probably give up, probably lose heart as they waited for him. So that's what he told them here. Hey, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Keep going. Keep praying. I'm going to come back. And And it's not going to be super long of a delay. It's going to be a speedy uh, answer. And you say, but we've been waiting for 2,000 years. 2,000 years doesn't seem like uh, that speedy. It seems actually like quite a delay. What's going on there? From a human's perspective, God's justice coming, the kingdom of God coming to earth, that's a long, long time. But it's important for us to understand and to remember that God thinks and operates differently than we do when it comes to time. 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 8 it says but do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day God operates differently with time so when he thinks delay long when he thinks speedily it may be different than ours but here's what we need to understand god is always answering prayer Always. But the answer isn't always what we want or when we want it. And sometimes there are delays. Sometimes there are significant delays. But those delays are not delays of inactivity. They are delays of preparation. God is all wise and he is always working things out for his glorious and perfect purposes. This is why Jesus, when he taught us to pray in the Lord's prayer, he taught us to pray, thy will be done. Not my will be done. Important for us to remember that when we think about prayer. So these are just some other reasons, not all, but some other reasons why we may no longer persist in prayer, why we may lose heart. Now, I want to shift a little bit and say, what can we do to actually learn how to persist in prayer and to actually learn how to not lose heart? Well, first thing is we can schedule prayer. Schedule prayer. That might not seem like super fun or exciting, but if we want to grow in our prayer life, we may need to discipline ourselves to pray at certain times and actually make a list, make a schedule. Psalm 88 verse 13 says, But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to pray first thing in the morning and then you can't pray any other time. Absolutely not. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us that, you know, pray without ceasing all, all the time. But many people have found it really helpful, really encouraging and, and, and nourishing for their spiritual journey to start the day with the Lord in prayer and in His Word. And so maybe that's something that if you haven't done yet, encourage you to start that. But maybe there's other things. Like you can just make a list to pray for certain things at different times or different days. Maybe when you wake up, you pray for your family. Maybe at lunch, you pray for your coworkers, And maybe at night, you pray for your neighbors or whatever it is. But maybe you just need to make a list and schedule prayer. Uh, secondly, record the answers. Now, this is one that I struggle with. I need to get better at. Um, get it like a prayer journal or a notebook Um, because often we lose heart and we're tempted to give up because we uh, forget all the answers of the prayers that God has actually given to us already. So in this notebook, uh, if you get one, write down what you're praying for and the date. Just write it down right in there. And then when God does answer it, go back and write the answer and the date that it happened. And then over time, you can flip through the book and what an encouragement it can be to see God's faithful provision time and time and time again. And as you look back, maybe there's something that you haven't gotten an answer yet to. It can be a reminder. Say, oh, right. I forgot to pray about that. Let's keep praying for that. Let's persist. Let's persist. Let's never give up. Thirdly, focus on the future. The future. See, focusing our lives on, on the present and what's currently going on in the state of the world right now, that's probably going to make you lose heart. I mean, there's so much pain. There's so much corruption. There's so many disasters. There's uh, political upheaval. Like, the world is kind of a mess right now. And the more that you watch the news, the more that you, that you hear about things, the more you see what's going on, the easier it can be to lose heart. and Be like, oh, man. But we've got to remember, in the midst of the current craziness, Jesus is coming back. Like, he really is coming back one day. He said that he will. The Bible says that he will. He's going to return. He's going to execute full and final and perfect justice once and for all. Revelation 21 Tells us that you know, the kingdom of God is going to come from heaven down to earth. That all wrongs are going to be made right. That, that every tear is going to be wiped away from God's people. There's going to be no more sickness. There's going to be no more suffering. There's going to be no more sin for all those who trust in Jesus. That's amazing. And that's what we need to focus on. And focusing on on the sure hope that we have of the future, that's going to motivate us now in the present to pray prayers that are kingdom-oriented, that that are thinking about um, eternal things. And it's also going to remind us to keep praying for those people who don't know Jesus yet so that when Jesus returns, they're ready. And finally, we need to remember the gospel. Remember the gospel to spend time each and every day Thinking about God's grace to us in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Romans 6 23 is a, is a fantastic gospel summary verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, Spending some time, even just a few minutes, right away in the morning, thinking about that. Now That verse is helpful. You can put it on your mirror. You can, you can have it on the background as your phone. You get, whatever it is. Um, as you think about a verse like that and think about the gospel, you think about the grace of God, reminds us, again, God knows that God sees and God cares about you. He cares about us. God sent his only son, Jesus, to prove how much he cares about us. And so that he could bring us into an eternal relationship with him. Thinking about the gospel, remembering the gospel. It should encourage your heart. It should motivate you to spend more time talking to the one who made you, the one who loves you, and the one who saved you. Let's pray together uh, as we close this service. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you with our request, with thanksgiving, to recognize that you are there, that you are real, and that you actually hear us. Lord, I pray for motivation, gospel-based motivation in our lives, and that we would um, persist in prayer, that we would focus... On We look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before you, you endured the cross, you scorned its shame, and now you're seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus. And as we look to you, that we would not lose heart. That we would be filled with new passion. We'd be fired up about prayer, fired up about seeking you, about knowing you. Lord, I pray that you keep us from laziness in prayer, Help us to be disciplined and even to schedule things if we need to. And help us to trust you with with the answers and the timing of the answers. Remind us that you are good and that you are perfect and that you know all things. I ask that you would stir up our church, that we would be a praying church. That you would fill us with your spirit in a fresh way. Uh, Give us a desire, a renewed desire to know you, to seek you. And so that we can then testify to your goodness and give you the praise that you deserve when you do answer our prayers. And once again, Lord, I pray that you would glorify yourself through us and that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.